If you'd like to attend the next Mad Thing in a Masjid event, inshallah ta'ala, live in a the masjid, then click on the link below. It will take you to a Telegram group that has the details for all the events that we do, inshallah. And you can then find the details for the next Mad Thing in a Masjid, which will be on a Saturday, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, amma ba'd. Uh, brothers who are participating, inshallah, if everyone can come in, if you're participating in the lesson, inshallah, I don't mind you guys getting chairs to feel comfortable, but it's just from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that when we're involved in the lesson, we come close, inshallah. So, is everyone here today because everyone's angry and got anger management issues? And that's why others didn't turn up because they couldn't admit that they were angry. Do you think that's what happened today? Get it with you having today. Some brothers looked at the poster and said, no, 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 no I'm all right. I don't have no anger management issues. And they said, no, I'm not coming today. But Abdul Latif, you accepted it, huh? You said, no, me, I think I'm an angry guy after. Is, is, that, is, that, what, is, that, is that what I hear today? <laughs> you, I didn't think you had anger issues. So it's the quiet ones outside. They've got something hidden inside, huh? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Khairan, inshallah. Well, today's topic is very, very important. It's deeper than just a person having anger management issues. It's even a person getting angry and he's not even an angry person. A man came to the Prophet wasallam on an occasion and he said, Awsini, Ya Rasulullah. He said, oh, Messenger of Allah, advise me. Now, there are many advices the Prophet could have given, and to other companions, he's given many advices. But this man, the Prophet gave him a specific advice because the Prophet understood his problem. He said to him, La taghbab. The Prophet said, Do not become angry. The man, he asked the question again as if he wanted a different advice. The Prophet said to him again, La taghbab. Don't become angry. That's the advice. This hadith is one of the four hadith that the scholars mention. That it, that there are four hadith the scholars say, if you master these four hadith, you have mastered good manners. This hadith is one of them. So if you can stop yourself from getting angry, that's already one quarter of manners. You know what the other hadith is? It's the hadith where, remember we took it the other day, we talked about holding your tongue. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir, whoever believes in Allah in the last day, falyaqul khayran aw liyasmut. Let him speak good or don't talk. If you have nothing good to say, don't speak. Even if what you're saying is not bad, but it's not good, don't say it. Just be quiet. So not speaking and not getting angry, these are two hadith out of the four. So if you, if you don't talk much and you don't get angry much, you have half of good manners. The third hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, مِنْ حُسْنِ الْإِسْلَامِ تَرْكُهُ مَا لَا يَعْنِي From the perfection of a man's religion is to leave off things that don't concern him. So if you don't put your nose in places that it doesn't belong, and you don't involve yourself in things that have nothing to do with you, guess what? You've got three quarters of manners. The last thing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, None of you will be true believers. Until you love for your brother. 
ما يحب لنفسه هو يلف يصاف. To love for others what you love for yourself. That's the last part of malice. These four hadith, the scholars have written books on them. Explanations, pages. It's deeper than what it just seems on the apparent. These four hadith, if you master them, you have mastered good manners. So the person who gets angry quickly, he doesn't have good manners. She doesn't have good manners. The Prophet said, La taghbat, don't do it. Now I want to give you some examples from the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Where if there was a man who deserved to get angry, it was him. Yeah, he didn't get angry, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's not about just not being an angry person. It's about don't get angry ever. Unless it's for Allah's sake. Don't get angry at all. Some people say, oh, I just got angry today. I'm not usually angry, but today I'm angry. Even that's bad. Should never be angry. The believer is not like that. Unless it's with those who violate the rights of Allah. But for personal reasons, believers should never get angry. Look at this hadith. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. She said, when she was speaking to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam She said, Oh Messenger of Allah, was there a day where you felt more pain than the day of Uhud? Why did she say the day of Uhud? Because the day of Uhud was a day when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam got struck on the head. He was wearing armor, he was wearing armor on his head and they took a sword and they struck him on his head. And when they struck him on his head, parts of the armor, it went into his face, sallallahu alayhi wa so deep that a companion had to pull it out. And when he pulled it out, his teeth came out. His tooth came out. And then he pulled out the second part, his second tooth came out. That's how deep it went into the Prophet face. He bled. It's painful. Also, that day, he lost his uncle Hamza and 69 other companions. They became martyrs that day. This was a painful day for the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa Mentally, physically, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So then Aisha, but she's saying, was there a day worse than that? Did you have a day worse? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لقد, the Prophet said, لَقَدْ لَقِيتُ مِنْ قَوْمِكَ وَكَانَ أَشَدُّ مَا لَقِيتُ مِنْهُمْ يَوْمَ الْعَقَبَةِ إِذْ عَرَدْتُ نَفْسِي عَلَى ابْنَ عَبْدِ الْيَلِيلِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the day which was worse for me than that, than all of that, was the day when I went to Ta'if. Ta'if, you have to understand, is a city right next to Mecca. It still exists today. It still exists today. It's about maybe an hour drive, maybe even less than that from Mecca. It's in the mountains. It's a very important fact. The city is where? It's in the mountain. It's part of the story. So the Prophet ﷺ, because the people in Mecca weren't accepting his da'wah, or they were struggling to accept, he went to Ta'if to give da'wah to them. But when the Prophet ﷺ went to give da'wah to them, he presented himself to the ruler and he rejected the Prophet. And he was very arrogant to the Prophet. He said, if you're a Prophet, then you're too great for me to talk to. I don't deserve to talk to you. And if you're a liar, then I'm too great to talk to you. I turned away from the Prophet The Prophet said, فَلَمْ يُجِبْنِي إِلَى مَا أَرَدْتَ They did not Respond to my da'wah, didn't accept my da'wah. The Prophet said, so I left. Pay attention, they ordered for the people who were in the city, the poor people, to take stones and to stone the Messenger. 
Now you have to understand that the Prophet was known to take care of the poor. He loved the poor. How did Khadija describe him? Muhammad, you, you connect the family ties. You defend the poor, you stand up for the poor. These are the people the Prophet would go out of his way for. He loved these people, sallallahu alayhi wa He wanted to help them. Now today they're stoning him. They ran after him, they chased him out of Ta'if, and he's running, sallallahu alayhi wa for his life. And they're stoning him, stoning him. He bleeds. He bleeds so much that it's mentioned the blood soaked into his leather sandals and turned the leather sandals color. It changed the color. Some of the narrations mentioned that the blood from his heel stuck to the leather that when the companion of the Prophet who was with him, when he took his shoe off, he couldn't because the sandal was stuck to his foot and he had to rip it off because the blood infused with the sandal and the Prophet's foot, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it stuck it to the leather. And it's painful ripping it off. The Prophet said, I was very distressed that day. Very distressed. He came to a place, وسلم, and he said, I lifted my head. He found safety. He got, rid, he got away from the people. So when he got away from the people, he said, I lifted my head. And I noticed that there was a cloud that was over my head. So he looked up at the cloud. said, When I looked up, I saw Jibreel. فَنَادَانِي جِبْرِيلُ كُودُ He called me. He said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَ قَدْ سَمِعَ قَوْلَ قَوْمِكَ لَكَ He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has heard what the people have said to you. وَمَا رَدُّوا عَلَيْكَ And Allah has heard how they responded to you. وَقَدْ بَعَثَ إِلَيْكَ مَلَكَ الْجِبَالِ And Allah has sent down the angel that controls the mountains. لِتَعْمَرَهُ Command the angel Muhammad. The angel is going to do whatever you told him to do. The Prophet said, Then the angel of the mountains, he called me. Ya Muhammad. The Prophet said, It said, Salam to me. And he said, Ya Muhammad, O oh Muhammad. Inna Allah qad sami'a qawla lak. Allah has heard what these people have said. And I am the angel that controls the mountains. And Allah, who is my Lord, has sent me to you. Muhammad, command me. And I will do whatever you say. I'll obey your command. Whatever you want. In shit, if you want. Atbaqtu alayhimul al-akhshabayn. Muhammad, if you want, I'm going to bring the two mountains on either side of the city and I'm going to smash them and destroy them and crush them to pieces. I want you to imagine for a second that you were in this situation. You had just been chased out of a city bleeding. Attacked. Blood-soaked sandals. And you're so beloved to Allah that Allah sends Jibreel, the head angel, with the angel of the mountains. And Allah says to the angel, who obeys Allah's command says, Obey whatever Muhammad told you. And the angel says, There are two mountains on either side, I'll smash them with it. I'll bring the mountains together, destroy the whole city. Be honest, what would you do? 
majority of us would say, do it. We'll take it personal. I'm the messenger of Allah. How can they do that to me? That's what we might say. He didn't even think about doing that. What did the Prophet say? He said, بَلْ أَرْجُ أَنْ يُخْرِجَ اللَّهُ مِنْ أَصْلَابِهِمْ مَنْ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَحْدَهِ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا The Prophet said, Brother, I hope that Allah is going to bring from their children those that are going to worship Allah alone and not do any shirk. Today, Ta'if exists and there are Muslims there. Not only Muslims, ulama, scholars are there. And they've been coming out of there for centuries. Not just that, from the tabi'een, a man who was from the children of these people, his name was Muhammad ibn Qasim. And he was a general of one of the Muslim armies as a young boy. And he led the Muslim navy, if you can call it that, by ship to South India. And they conquered Southern India and they brought Islam there. They didn't conquer all of India because a few centuries later, Mahmoud ibn Sabaktukain al Ghaznawi, who was from today what we call Afghanistan, he conquered the region which is known as Pakistan and New Delhi and all of that region. But before that, the south of India, they came by a ship and this man, Muhammad ibn Qasim, who was from the children of these people, he conquered, he brought Islam. And those places today have some of the biggest majorities of Muslims in the world. There are some places in southern India that have more Muslims than Muslims in Muslim countries. There's a whole city there, by the way, that's on the matter of Imam Shafi'i in the south. Just It's called Millibar. I think it's pronounced Millibar. Millibar. Actually, I, I can't pronounce it in, 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 in Indian. I don't know. I've just been, I just read it from the Arabic books. I guess they don't say... There probably is a P in it, in the PR or something. I don't, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to say it in Urdu, unfortunately, which is my language. <laughs> but it's the way the cities are pronounced. The point is <coughs> that what? If the Prophet got angry for even a second, that region may have never accepted Islam. If the Prophet got angry, how much khair could the Ummah have been deprived? And he had the right to get angry. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'll give you another example. This one is shocking. Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. He said, Kuntu amshi ma'a rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa alayhi burdun najraniyun ghalidhul hashiyah. He said, one day I was walking with the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he was wearing this najrani cloak. Najran is a place, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Yemen. He was wearing this cloak and it had very thick borders. Its borders were very thick. It was nice, beautiful cloak. And the Prophet, and then Anas said, while I was with him, فَأَدْرَكْتُهُ أَعْرَابِيٌّ A Bedouin man. He comes up to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَجَبَذَهُ بِرِدَائِهِ جَبْذَةً شَدِيدَةً He grabs the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by the collar of his cloak and he shakes and he pulls aggressively and violently. So much so he said, فَنَظَرْتُ إِلَىٰ صَفْحَةِ عَاتِقِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ He said, he pulled the Prophet so aggressively, so violently. He said that I looked at the Prophet's neck where he pulled. وَقَدْ أَثَّرَتْ بِهَا حَاشِيَةُ الرِّدَاءِ مِنْ شِدَّةِ جَبْذَتِهِ 
He said the cloak, because remember, it had a thick border. He pulled it so hard, it left a bruise on the Prophet. This man, look how rude he is. Look how rude this man is. What do you do if someone just rolled up onto your street, just grabbed you? It's like pulling you. Straight away. Straight away. She's going to box him in the face. You don't even think. Even you're not allowed to hit in the face, by the way. You're not even the kufar, you can't hit them in the face. But you're just going to hit him in the face. Stop for like all But the Prophet Alexander didn't do that. He knew the guy's not going to hit him. He just, he just grabbed him, shaking him. It's disrespect. Like imagine, you're, me and you are no ones if someone does that to us. The Prophet is a general of an army. He commands Umar ibn Khattab. He commands Khalid ibn Walid. He's a president. Not Sakhbar, not a president, but he's greater than a president. He's the leader of a whole nation. He sends armies out to fight the Romans. He's sending messengers to go speak to the Persians. He's a big man, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even on dunya level, he's big. And a man just walks up to him, grabs him by the collar, pulls, and he says, and, and, and leaves a mark. And what does he say? He says, Ya Muhammad. He calls the Prophet by his first name. Audi billah. We're not allowed to call the Prophet by his first name when we're speaking to him. If we're speaking about him, we can say Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa But when you're speaking to him, you can't say Ya Muhammad. Have you ever heard a narration where the Prophet's wife Aisha ever called him Muhammad? What do all the narrations say? What does Aisha refer to the Prophet as? Ya Rasulullah. Oh, Messenger of Allah, his title. Have you ever heard Abu Bakr, who was the best friend of the Prophet, say, and I was with Muhammad? Sallallahu alayhi wa Have you ever heard that? Abadan. The way they respected him. Ya Rasulullah, oh, Messenger of Allah. To the point where, have you ever wondered why in the Quran the Prophet's name is not mentioned much? The Quran is a, is, is a revelation sent to who? Prophet Muhammad. But Musa is mentioned more than him. Ibrahim is mentioned more than him. Isa's name is mentioned more than him. Adam is mentioned more than him. Why? Out of respect, Allah didn't call the Prophet by his first name. Allah would say, Ya ayyuhar Rasul. Ya ayyuhar Nabi. Allah would call him by his title out of respect. Only, I think, four times in the Quran, Allah referred to the Prophet by the name Muhammad, and it was in the context of messaging, mes- mentioning, he's the messenger of Allah, said, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ It was in the context of mentioning he's a messenger. So look at that, Allah, when he spoke about Isa, إِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى When Allah called out to Isa, and he said, Oh Isa, when it was the Prophet, Allah said, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِي Oh Prophet, يَا أَيُّهَا الرَّسُولٌ Oh, messenger. Allah did that out of respect for the Prophet Yet this man comes, grabs him by the collar, leaves a mark, and he says, Ya Muhammad. Disrespect. But there, as a side note, it shows that when there are people of authority, you should not call them by their first name. For example, if you have, if you have a parent, you don't call them by their name. So I've, I've been to places, I've seen a Muslim boy call his mom by his, her name. And this is normal, my mom doesn't mind it. Don't call, don't go to the elders and call them by their first name. Maybe call them uncle or something out of respect. If you have a teacher, don't call him Akhi, don't call him bro, don't call him by his first name. You have to respect people's names. And another thing is wives, in case any sisters are listening, some of them they call their husbands in very disrespectful ways. In my culture, Traditionally speaking, uh, 
our, 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 our mothers never called their, our fathers by their name. They wouldn't. Even the Arab culture, they wouldn't. They would say, for example, if their son was Yusuf, he would say, yeah, she would say, Ya Aba Yusuf. Oh, son of Yusuf. Out of respect. Now, okay, maybe cultures change and the culture doesn't have a problem with the husband calling the wife by the first name. I'm not going to say it's haram. But in some women, the way they speak to their husbands. Oh, so and so, what this or that. Respect the man, it's your husband. It's your husband. The Prophet said, if I was to order anyone to make sujood to other than Allah, it would be the husband to make sajda to the wife. It's for the wife, sorry, to make sajda to the husband. The Prophet وسلم, said, the woman will not fulfill the right of Allah until she fulfills the right of, his, the, the, of her husband. So she has to watch how she speaks to him. And of course, we have to watch how we speak to people as well. Does that make sense? So this man, the point is, he was very disrespectful. On top of that, he says to the Prophet وسلم, what does he say? He says to the Prophet وسلم, he said, Murli. He's commanding the Prophet. He's not saying please. He said, oh Muhammad. He said, command for me to be given from the wealth Allah has given you. He's commanding the Prophet. Mur. So Muhammad, command them to give me money. So peace all together. The Prophet's walking, He walks up to him, grabs him by the collar, pulls violently, shakes, leaves a mark on the Prophet's neck. Says, Ya Muhammad. And then he says, Mur. Command for me to be given money that Allah has given you. Disrespect. How did the Prophet deal with him? Did the Prophet pattern? He did, but he patterned him with love. Look what he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, you sometimes you can kill people with love. You can kill them with love. What does that mean? You'll make them feel so shy and embarrassed, they'll fix up straight away. فَالْتَفَتَ And I said, the Prophet turned to him. He turned to him. To look at him face to face. فَضَحِكَ He smiled in his face. ثُمَّ أَمْرَ لَهُ then the Prophet commanded the Prophet said, give him, give him one hearts. That's how the Prophet won hearts. That's why the Prophet had the best of manners. In another hadith, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, كأني أنظر إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يحكي نبيا من الأنبياء. He said, the Prophet, I'm looking at him, it's like I'm looking at him, he's, like he's, like he's, He's the other prophets, resembling the other prophets. How? He said, The prophet's own people, they beat him. His own people, they beat him. They made him bleed. The blood of a messenger is pouring. And what did he do? He wiped the blood and wajhihi from his face and he said Allahumma qawmi Oh Allah forgive my people فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ because they do not know لِجَاهِلِ يَرَبِّ excuse them they're beating him he's bleeding he's making remember one thing is to not get angry Second thing is to make du'a for them. Allah forgive him. Allah, don't punish him. Guide him, Ya Rabb. Guide him, guide him, guide him. That's a different level. Do you understand? But is this because the Prophet was weak? That he behaved in this way, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
Is it because he wasn't strong? Is it because he couldn't slap someone and put them in their place? Wallahi, there was no one braver than the Prophet. We hear all of these stories about the bravery of Umar ibn Khattab, and Wallahi, he was brave. And Khalid ibn Walid, and Abu Ubaid ibn Jarrah, and all of these companions, we hear it. No one was braver than the Prophet Allah commanded him, he said to him, Allah said, قَاتِلْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تُكَلَّفُ إِلَّا نَفْسَكَ Allah said, Muhammad, go fight on your own. Don't worry if no one else fights with you. وَحَرِّذِ الْمُؤْمِنِ Encourage them, but upon you, Muhammad, you must go into battle even if you're alone. قَاتِلْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَلَا تُكَلَّفُ إِلَّا نَفْسَكَ That's why two battles, when the army ran away, they retreated. One time because they thought the Prophet was dead and they thought the battle was over. The other time in Hunayn because some companions had just accepted Islam because of the conquest of Mecca. And a couple of days later they were in battle. They didn't really know everything and how it is and how battle should be and the rulings pertain to it. In the details and you know the Iman wasn't fully the way that the other companions was. So when the arrows started coming down and one by one everyone started getting knocked down. Arrows were just hitting Muslims, they were dying. Some of the youngsters from them, they got a bit scared and they, and they retreated. And then that led the whole, you know, the army retreated and only a small group of companions stayed with the Prophet. Why did the Prophet not come off the battlefield? The whole army's gone. Why is it in the Battle of Hunayn, the Prophet, forget not coming off, in the Battle of Uhud, the Prophet found safety. In the Battle of Hunayn, he started charging forward. And he was saying, I am a Prophet. This is not a lie. And I'm the son of Abdul Muttalib, the grandson. He was brave. Arrows are raining down. He's marching in alone. Sallallahu alayhi wa There was no one more brave than him. To the point where the point, Barah ibn Azib said, on that day, because then the army came back. They all came back straight away. The Prophet told Abbas, call them back. Because what? Some of the Rafidah, Allah has give them what they deserve. They tried to insult the companions and say they ran away. It was a confusion that happened. And then soon as the Prophet told Abbas to call them back, they all came running back straight away to the battlefield. So they came back, what's the problem? They came back straight away. And in Uhud they thought the battle was, the Prophet was dead, so they thought it was over. So of course, the Prophet, if you think he's dead, then you're gonna leave the battlefield, aren't you? Without the leader. So when they came back, Barad ibn Azib said that the battle was intense and it was so intense. It was so intense that when it would get hard, we would fight behind the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for safety would fight behind the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam for what? For safety. So was the Prophet scared? Was the Prophet scared? No, he wasn't scared. But he was humble. And he was following the commands of Allah. Allah said, Khudil afu. Allah said, forgive people. Wa'amur bil'uf. Enjoying good. Wa'aridna'anil jahilin. Turn away from the ignorant one. Allah said, waliya'fu, waliyasfahu. Forgive and forget. Allah said, وَلَعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ The people who are people of taqwa, who go to Jannah, the ones who forgive people. They're the good doers that Allah loves. So the Prophet was implementing this. But for the sake of Allah, he was a warrior who become angry. Naam. Some of us, we get angry for our own personal sake. But we don't get angry for the sake of what? We don't get angry for who? For the sake of Allah. But for our own personal sake, we get what? We get angry. I'll tell you something, one time a guy insulted me on social media. He really insulted me. I got really, really angry. I can't lie. This one, 
people say stuff regularly and me alhamdulillah I genuinely ignore it but one time this guy he was a kafir as well so I, was, I got very angry I got very angry with this guy he made a video really made fun of me I didn't like it so because I was going a bit crazy I called up Sheikh Abdurrahman Hassim I said Sheikh Allah right now I'm vexed this guy I'm, I'm, I'm going to find him And guess what he said to me? He said, Imran, the same man has insulted the Prophet so many times. Did you ever get angry like this for the sake of the Prophet? Are you better than the Prophet, Imran? Did you get more angry for yourself? He made fun of you once and look how you're behaving. But this man's been insulting the Prophet for years. And look at you, you're ready to go crazy. But like that touched me, man. Who am I? Who are you? When we get angry, it's for the sake of Allah, not for our own selves. It shouldn't be for our own selves. Look at this hadith from Aisha radiallahu anha. Aisha said, مَا ضَرَبَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ شَيْئًا قَطُّوا بِيَدِهِ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم never hit anything or anyone with his hand. He never hit anyone with his hand. وَلَا إِمْرَأَةً وَلَا خَادِمًا He never hit a woman, he never hit a he never hit a slave. He never hit anyone. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But look what she said. إِلَّا أَنَّهُ يُجَاهِدُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ يُجَاهِدَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ She said he used to fight in the path of Allah though. وَمَا نِيلُوا مِنْهُ الشَّيْءٌ قَطُّوا فَيَنْتَقِمُ مِنْ صَاحِبِهِ No one ever upset the Prophet, violated him. That resulted in the Prophet taking revenge. It never happened. إِلَّا أَنْ يُنْتَهَكَ شَيْءٌ مِنْ مَحَارِمِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى But if someone violated the right of Allah, they overstepped the boundaries that Allah had set. فَيَنْتَقِمُ لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى The Prophet would take revenge for Allah's sake. He would get angry for the sake of Allah. How dare this person violate the right of Allah? Does that make sense? But I have to mention here, as a side point brothers, some of us, we get angry for the sake of Allah and we take it to an extreme. And our anger creates more problems than it solves. So even when the Prophet got angry for the sake of Allah, his anger was not just blind. It was controlled. It was, in, it was with wisdom. It was wisdom to get angry there. And I give you a hadith that really puts this into perspective. These hadith, by the way, you have to really live with it. You shouldn't just hear it, you have to imagine it happening. Imagine you're there, imagine the circumstances so you can see how... Because when you read it, you might just pass by it. You probably heard it so many times. But you have to live with the hadith. Imagine it just happened right now and how it would be. So look at this other hadith I'm going to tell you. Talking about being angry for the sake of Allah. This time the companions got angry for the sake of Allah and the Prophet told them, no, calm down. Look at this. The Prophet his companion, Abu Hurairah, he said one time, masjid. A Bedouin man came and he took a leak, urinated right in the masjid. Just imagine a man just comes, unzips and he just starts urinating here, right here in front of everyone. His private parts are on display and he's just making a puddle right there. Someone's going to make sujood there in a second. Someone just made sujood there just before. Just imagine, imagine right now, we're all doing a dars and someone just taking a leak right in the back. Wallahi, we'll all get up. We'll get enraged, right? And look at this guy, he's urinating in the masjid. So then imagine the Sahaba and the Masjid Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, 
These men, the likes of these men. So what did they do? فَقَامَ النَّاسُ إِلَيْهِ لِيَقْعُوا فِيهِ The people, they got up. They were going to jump him. They were going to beat him. They were going to get rid of him. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ دَعُوهُ Wallahi, this is, this is, this is ajeeb. The Prophet said, leave him. Let him finish. Let him finish. He's taking a leak. Let him finish. Why did the Prophet say that? Why did the Prophet say Imagine, you would think, what? He, this, is, this is filth. We can't pray in that place now. It has to be clean. And the Prophet saying, da'uhu, leave him, leave him, leave him. Let him finish. He's taking a leak. Let him finish. That doesn't make sense, you'd think. But look at the wisdom of the Prophet. The first thing is, the man doesn't know this is wrong. Does the man know it's wrong? He doesn't know. How many times people come to the masjid and they make a mistake and someone just gets angry at them? Stop talking. People are praying. And some people, they talk, right? It's wrong. They shouldn't. And we say, stop talking. The guy thinks, I'm not coming back here again. When I'm in the club shouting and screaming, no one tell me stop. In a rave, I'm there. The girls are telling me louder. Here, I come to the when I make Tobin. They're telling me, be quiet. Okay, so goodbye. The guy doesn't know it's wrong. Can grab him by the hand, take him to the side, explain to him kindly, smile on his face, give him a gift first, say, I got you this. Try to leave off, you know, when people are praying, maybe, you know. Sometimes do it with wisdom. There's a narration which is weak, the scholars mention it's weak, but the story in there is powerful. Where Hassan Hussein radiallahu anhumah, they were being young, grandchildren of the Prophet Ali Sam. One time they saw an old man making wudu and he was doing it wrong. So they wanted to show him that he's doing wudu wrong. But they felt shy to tell this older man, Uncle, your wudu is wrong. So they said, how shall we show him without making him feel bad and embarrassing him? So they went up to him and they said, Ya Ami, Ya Ami. They said, oh, Uncle, Uncle, we are both going to do wudu. Can you tell us which one of us does it right and which one of us does it wrong? So when they did the wudu properly, he realized, he said, rather, but your wudu is correct. I realized mine was wrong. They taught him indirectly. Sometimes you don't have to say to the person, ah, what you're doing is wrong. Even when you smile, it's sometimes hard for people to take that advice. So the way you've got to tell people is how? Sometimes you've got to tell them indirectly. So here the Prophet understands this man, he's urinating in the masjid. He didn't know, he doesn't know any better. The Arabs would just come and urinate. Wherever, they would just urinate wherever. So they, they didn't learn the deen yet. But they come to the masjid to learn. So if you just stick it on him and beat him up, he's going to get scared and run away. That's the first thing. Sometimes it's innovators, it's mubtadi'ah, they don't know. They've been raised this way. They're saying filthy things about the deen. They say, the Asha'ira say things about Allah and His names and attributes. The Shia, they say things about the companions of Radiallahu ta'ala and Ajma'een. These people do evil. But you have to understand the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, yes, Siru, make things easy. Siru, don't make things hard. Wabashiru, give people glad tidings. Siru, don't make people run away from the deen. You've got to bring them close. So sometimes, it's best to just be easy. That's the first reason the Prophet said, leave him off. Because he doesn't know. And you don't want to make him run away. The second reason is why. Look how smart the Prophet was. If the companions jump him while he's taking a leak, what's going to happen to him? He's going to move. When he moves, what's going to happen to the urine? It's going to spray over the whole masjid now. So now the Sahaba were upset because the urine was in one place. But in them, trying, in them getting angry because the urine was in one place, now the urine is all over the masjid. They made it worse. So sometimes your anger... Sometimes your anger can make things what? 
Sometimes your anger can make things worse. You were angry for Allah's sake. But now your anger made things worse. We'll wait for whatever's happening outside to stop and then we'll start again because everyone's distracted. <laughs> you know, a guy came to seek knowledge from Imam Ahmed, Imam Malik. And they were sitting in Masjid al-Nabawi and he was studying with Imam Ahmed, right? He was seeking knowledge. Sorry, Imam Malik. And what happened one day is they're in Medina and you know in, 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 in the Arabian Peninsula they don't have elephants. The elephant, what's the closest place where they have elephants? Africa, right? So they brought some elephants, they brought an elephant into the Arabian Peninsula and they brought it into Medina. So when the people heard, there's an elephant. Everyone ran outside the masjid to see it because they've never seen an elephant in their life. They've just heard about it. أَلَمْ تَرَ كَيْفَ فَعَلَى رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ Feel. Oh, there's a field outside. So what? They ran outside to see the elephant. Except for one student of Imam Malik, he didn't move. Everyone else just forgotten they went out. So Imam Malik looked at him and he said, why did you not go? He said, yeah, Imam Malik, he said, I didn't come all the way here to Medina to look at elephants. I came to the class, I came to the dars. So I'm not interested in the elephant, I'm interested in the hadith of the Prophet that you're teaching. So we do this sometimes, something happens in the back of the masjid, we all get distracted, we look back. Something happens, we just get distracted. And it's not from the best of manners. It happens to all of us, sometimes myself as well. It's just good to remind that if we come, whatever's happening out there is not more interesting than the Prophet's hadith, right? I may not be interesting, but it's the Prophet's hadith that's interesting, right? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I come back to the story. There was a companion there, and he's urinating in the masjid. And the Prophet says, leave him. Why? Because he's not, he doesn't know, and number two, what? Because it's going to make the problem worse. Scholars took a big principle of da'wah from this, which is what? Don't forbid the evil if it's going to bring about a greater evil. Don't forbid the evil if it's going to bring about a greater evil. Stopping the evil from getting worse is better than the evil getting... As in, as in having a small evil taking place is better than trying to stop that small evil and bringing about a greater evil. A lot of people do this, wallahi. A lot of people do this. So the Prophet said, Da'uhu ala sajlan min min Pour water over where he urinated. And the, once he's finished, pour the water. And then the Prophet went up to him. And he said to him, this is the place, we don't do this. We don't do this here. He just explained it to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the man became so happy. He said, may Allah have mercy on me, Muhammad, and no one else. And then the Prophet because think about it, is that correct to say? So did the Prophet say, no, 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 you're disrespecting Allah, Allah's mercy, so why? Look at the Prophet. The Prophet said, you've tried to restrict something very big. Look how the Prophet answered him. You see, that's how the Prophet answered. So the point is, yes, the Prophet got angry for the sake of who? The deen. But his anger was what? Even when he was, it was not blind anger. It was, it was anger that was controlled. And it was what? It was within the boundary of wisdom. In another, another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Afan, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, The Prophet said, a strong one is not the one who can wrestle and beat people. Rather, the strong one is the one that can control himself when he gets angry. Because what point is there you telling me that you can lay someone else out? You can't even lay yourself out. 
You're not even strong enough to control yourself. You understand that? You can't even control your own self. So what use is it that you can control others and pin them, but you can't, you're not in control of your own self. So you con- your own self controls you. Your desires control you. To the point where sometimes your desires become your God. The Prophet said, Have you not seen the ones who took their desire as a God? So it's problematic, right? So Allah said, When Allah was describing the people who go to Jannah, Allah said, they are the ones who what? They are the ones who? They, they control their anger. They restrain their anger and they forgive people. Another hadith, another verse, Allah Azza wa Jalla said, وَلَا تَسْتَوِ الْحَسَنَةُ Allah said, وَلَا تَسْتَوِ الْحَسَنَةُ وَلَا السَّيِّئَةُ Allah said, the, the good and the bad is not the same. إِدْفَعْ بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنَ If someone's rude to you, Allah says, be, be good to him. He screw faces you, smile at him. He's stingy with his money, you buy him food. He doesn't call you when you're sick, you go visit him when he's sick. Why? Why? Do we want to make enemies? Do we want people to have problems with us? That's stress. That's stress. But by being humble, by being humble, and when they're rude to you, be nice back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah said, when you're nice, when he screw face you and you're nice back to him, he's gonna realize he's gonna become from your closest friends. Imagine. Because of our pride, because of our ego, every day we're just getting into problems. A guy looks at me, who are you screw facing? Who are you talking to? Maybe he wasn't even looking at you. Maybe he was screw facing because he was thinking about something. Maybe his mum just got cancer and he was thinking and he just, he's got a stressed face. And what? You're thinking to yourself, this guy screw facing me. No, don't think. Oh, it's, not, it's not a war every day. Not everyone's onto you. Does that make sense? But it's our ego. So be humble. If someone does something wrong, be good. Give him good. For Allah's sake. He's going to become a close friend. But pay attention. A lot of people are saying, nah, that's hard. You're telling me to get taken like a mug. I have to be... He's going to become a mug. You know why you can't do that? Allah said, Allah said, the only ones that can do this are people of sabr, patience. Patience is half of iman. A hadith mentioned patience is half iman. Sabr is what gets you into paradise. Allah said, Am hasibatum an tadakhulul jannah walama ya'lam illahu alladhina jahadu minkum wa ya'lam as-sabirin Do you think you're going to go jannah and Allah is not going to see if you have sabr? Wama yulaqaha illa alladhina sabaru No one is able to be nice when people are being rude except the people who have sabr. Except the people who have sabr. Look at this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Abu Bakr had a daughter. His daughter's name was Aisha. Aisha was married to who? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa There were some people that insulted her. They made lies about her. There were people in Medina that made lies about her. One of the hypocrites, he made a rumor about Aisha radiallahu anha. And he started to spread and some people started to talk about it. One of the guys who got involved in the rumor was the cousin of Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr is the cousin of one of the men who insulted his daughter. Now pay attention. Abu Bakr is angry. Why? Because this is number one, his daughter. Number two, she's the wife of who? 
the Messenger of Allah. Imagine how angry we get when they insult the Messenger of Allah's wife. When they talk about the Prophet's wife, we get angry. Imagine Abu Bakr was the best friend of the Prophet. So he's angry for two reasons now. Number one, he they just insulted the Messenger of Allah's wife. Number two, he insulted my daughter. Number three, what did Allah say? That Aisha is the mother of the believers. All of the Prophet's wives are the mothers of the believers. So she's a mom to him. She's a daughter to him. And she's the wife of his best friend who happens to be the Messenger of Allah. He's got three reasons to be angry. So Abu Bakr says, you see this man here? I'm not giving him a penny now. I'm not going to give him no money. I'm not going to give him no money. Because this man was poor. Abu Bakr used to give him money. He didn't get any money except what Abu Bakr would give him. So Abu Bakr said, I, ya Allah. Abu Bakr said, I give you money. He sticks this to himself. I give him money. He insults my daughter, who's like a mother to all the believers. Who is a mother to the believers? And she's the wife of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And he insults her and slanders her and, makes, and, and spreads the lie I'm not giving him no money So Allah sent down a verse in the Quran Allah said Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Allah said forgive And just forget about it Why? Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said أَلَا تُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ wouldn't you like Allah to forgive you? Deep that for a second. How many sins have you done? You're hoping for Allah to forgive them. The drugs, the disrespect, the prayers that you might have missed, the people that you might have violated. Hmm? We want Allah to forgive us, right? Imagine on the day of judgment, your name gets called. And you come in front of Allah. And Allah says to you, see all your sins. I'm going to forgive all your sins. Except one. You see that one time you did this sin. I'm going to punish you for this one. How would you feel that day? How would you be? You'd be stressed. Imagine that one major sin you did. Allah said, I'm going to forgive everything but this one. Because some people say, bro, I forgive. I can't lie, I forgive. But this, this one, I can't forgive this one. This one I have to, I have to get, my, I have to hold on to this one. I have to, I have to show my man what time it is. Anything else, anyone else, I've forgiven him, but I'm holding on to this one. Imagine Allah says that to you. I'm holding on to this one here. Ajib, you wouldn't want that, and you'd be scared. So why do you do that to people? We want the forgiveness of Allah, but we don't want to forgive others. Are you greater than Allah? Are you greater than Allah that you? Are too great to forgive, but Allah can forgive. To the point where the Prophet said, Allah is gentle. He loves gentleness. Pay attention. Are the kufar doing this? Are they doing shirk? Are they doing kufar? The kufar. Do they say Allah is a son? Some of them. Some of them they say Allah exists. They say Allah doesn't even exist. Some of them say, I hate Allah. Some of them say these things. Does Allah let them live on his earth? Does he let them eat food? Benefit from the rain. Has Allah destroyed them yet? Inna Allah rafiq. He's gentle. Yuhibbu rafiq. He loves gentleness. Oh, definitely. He will give it to them on the day of judgment. Because of his justice. Because you can't reward bad behavior. That would be unjust. You can't encourage bad behavior by letting people get away with it. But even with the bad behavior, when Allah punishes them, Allah says, kathir, And we forgive you for a lot of it. If Allah was to punish them on the day of judgment for everything they did, it would be too much. Allah said, we forgave you for so much already. We, so much gets ignored. 
on this life. When we go through calamities on this life, when the punishments come, even then Allah is like, I'm not punishing you for everything, you know. Most of what you did, I forgave. A lot of it, I forgave you. Despite all of that, Allah lets the people live. And He gives them. Sometimes kuffar make dua, Allah accepts their dua. Did you notice? A kafir can make dua, Allah accepts it. Iblis made dua. He said, Let me live to the day of judgment. Allah accepted Iblis' dua. Allah said, They what? They're on the ships and a storm comes. The people who are doing shirk, the pagans, people of shirk, polytheists, they worship, worship idols. When they're on the ship and a storm comes, Allah said they make dua to Allah. So Allah saves them. And when they go back to land, they start doing shirk again. So look at that. Allah is accepting their dua. Yes, they're going to go hellfire in the, in, the, in the next life. Yes, they are. No one's saying they're not. But look at the mercy of Allah that He doesn't destroy them straight away. He lets them live. He gives them, look, He gives them a chance to your last breath. Oh, let's see if you, if you make tawbah. So Allah, is, despite His greatness, He's allowing people. And we can't allow people. That doesn't make any sense. The last verse, inshallah, we'll mention is the verse in Surah 2, Al-Furqan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْهَرْضِ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنًا Allah said, the slaves of Ar-Rahman are the ones who walk on the earth humbly. Pay attention. In this surah, in this part of the surah, Allah is talking about a specific group of Muslims. All the Muslims are the slaves of Ar-Rahman, but there's a special type of slaves that are called the slaves of Ar-Rahman. They are like the VIP slaves, the best slaves, the special slaves. And they have certain characteristics. The first of them, Allah said, when they walk on the earth, they walk humble. How much, how, how, how do some of us walk? We walk, we bop, walk with a limp. And we're not even disabled. Alhamdulillah, we're not even disabled. But we walk what? We walk like we, walk like we just walk. We, 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 we got a sprained ankle or something. It's funny, and then we think that that's cool. <laughs> it's like we're imitating disabilities now. And we're looking at it as like, well, oh, yes. Does that make sense? Wallah is kibr. Wallah is arrogance. And the Prophet said that a person was walking like that one time, and the earth swallowed him. The earth swallowed him. And he's still falling to the day of judgment. So we're not allowed to walk arrogantly. We're not allowed to walk arrogantly. A great scholar one time came to Al-Muhallab, who was a ruler. He was a king. And he was walking arrogantly. And he said to him, See the way you're walking, Allah doesn't like the way you walk. So this guy's a king. He says, Do you know who I am? So the Shaykh says to him, I know exactly who you are. He said, You started off from your dad's genitals as seminal fluid. Then you came out of your mom's private part. And the life that you live, you carry feces and urine and you clean it with your own hands. And when you die, worms are going to eat your face. That's who you are. Don't walk like that. Does that make sense? Like, we act like we're not all the same in that regard. So don't walk in that way. Because it's kibbutz, it's arrogance. Only... Arrogance is only deserved for the one who's the best. 
That's why we say Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. So why do we walk over great? Don't walk like that, brothers, okay? <coughs> Control it. One of the Imams used to walk holding his own hand. Like he'd walk and his hands on his side and he would grab his arm. Because you know sometimes you walk, you swing your arm. You walk, you know, like you're out here. So one of the people stopped him and said, why are you holding your arm? Imagine he's walking around like this all day. He said, why are you walking around holding your arm like that? He said, because I'm scared that I'm, my arm is going to just, it's going to become a munafiq. Meaning hypocrite, like, as in I'm scared that my arm's going to start, like I'm going to start walking. It happens to all of us. You have to remind yourself, wait, wait, calm down. Sometimes, you know, you dress nice, shoes are nice, your crepes are nice, and then you start walking the type of way. Wait, we just calm down. So that I have to remind my arm, like, relax. I have to remind my arm to relax. It's very serious because the Prophet وسلم, said, anyone who has an atom's weight of pride in his heart will not go to the paradise. Will not go to paradise. A person who's got an atom's weight of pride. How big is the atom? Can you see it with your eye? You can't even see it with your eye. It's so small. It won't, it won't go to paradise. So then Allah is saying the, the slaves of Ar-Rahman are the ones who walk on the earth, humble. Number two, If an ignorant person, a foolish person, if an idiot come up to them and he talk to them, they don't respond back to them with foolishness. If a foolish man come talk to you, he might talk to you even aggressively. They don't respond to them in kind. They respond to them with peace. Kind words. Oh, no problem, bro. No, bro, I'm not even looking at you. I'm not even stressed. No, just have a good day, man. You think you're being humiliated. Wallahi, you're not. Allah's sight, you're being honored. Because you know you might even be able to put this guy on the floor. But for Allah's sake, you let your heart overpower your body. The Prophet said, Man It was either the Prophet or one of the Imams said it. Whoever humbles himself for the sake of Allah, Allah will lift him. Was it humiliating for the Prophet when he used to come and take out the intestines of camels and put it on his back? Was that humiliation? It was humiliation. Was it humiliation when he would go to the Arabs at Hajj and he would say to them, who will take me in so I can convey the message of my Lord? And they would push him out. And his own daughter, his little daughter Fatima would be looking. Was that embarrassing? Was that humiliation? When these little poor people that I told you were stoning him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was that, was that humiliation? You think it was? But whoever humiliates himself for the sake of Allah, Allah will lift him. Anyone, does anyone think it's humiliation now? Now we're mentioning those examples as greatness. Whoever humbles himself for the sake of Allah, Allah will lift them up. Allah will honor them. Allah will lift these people up. Does that make sense? Allah said, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And the ones who are with him, i.e. the believers, they're tough with the kuffar. They're merciful to the believers. They're merciful to the believers. Imagine we pick fights with believers more than kuffar. And I'm not even saying pick a fight with the kafir, because you saw how the Prophet dealt with the kuffar even. He could have made dua for the angel to destroy them. But no, he's asking Allah, leave them, maybe their kids will worship Allah. But what's worse is to pick a fight with the Muslims. You know, back in my day when we were young, if a guy had a problem with someone and he would say to him, for example, and he wanted to squash it, he'll come say, Salaamu Alaikum, you're act, listen, you're a Muslim, now it. And people would be like, even if they don't even pray, Astaghfirullah, but they would say, I right, listen, you're a Muslim, you know, all right, it's calm. Or he might even say to him, well, you're Pakistani, I right, listen. Or well, you're Somali, 
I saw good, bro, you know, we're the same pattern up, bro. If it was another day, if it was something else, I might have, but we're the same people. We're Muslims, we're the same culture, same ethnicity, same religion. He would allow it. Now you come to a guy and say, Salaam alaikum. I shut up. Don't come to me with your salam now. Don't come to me with your salam now. Ittaqillah. You know what Allah said in the Quran? Ya ayyuhu al-ladhina amalu idha darabatun fil ardi. Fatabayyanu. Wala taqulu liman al-qa'ilaykum al-salama lasta mu'minan. If someone comes to salam to you, don't say to them you're not a Muslim. Someone says salam to you, that's peace. They come to you with words of peace. Salam is him making dua for you. When someone says to you, salamu alaykum. He's saying, peace be upon you. The guy's making dua for you, for peace. He squashed the beef. This guy's your Muslim brother. Does that make sense? It's shocking in my life. The believers are very humble to themselves. Very humble amongst themselves. Okay, pay attention. Allah says, If a foolish man talks to them, they what? They respond with nice words. They're not foolish back. Okay. Imam Ibn Qayyim, who is a great scholar, he mentioned in this verse, Allah told you to watch, where you, to watch your feet where they walk and watch your tongue, how it speaks. He said, because these two things are what get people into problems. The feet where you walk, and the tongue what it says. If you go places that you shouldn't be going. You go to the club, you get in trouble there. You go to the wrong block, you get in trouble there. You hang around areas you shouldn't be. You go to places where you do sin. You go to a music studio. You go to the bookies. You go to, you go to Lincoln Girl. You go, it's your feet that take you. Or it's that you speak with your mouth what you shouldn't. You said the wrong thing. Remember we said in the, in the other lecture that we did the other day. We said the speech, when it's in your mouth, you own it. When it comes out of your mouth, it owns you. Because the things you say, people are dead now. Because the things people said, they're in jail now. Because the things people said, they're divorced now. Because the things people said, they lost their job now. Because things people, they said people are not going to hang around with them no more. That word owns you now for the rest of your life. So watch what your words are. Keep them in your mouth. And your steps watch where you walk and how you walk. So Imam Al-Qayyim said, the people who stay watch their feet where they walk, and they watch their tongue, what it says, they're going to be solved from problems. And they said the only people who when they meet people on the street who are rude to them and they're not able to control how they speak back to them, he said they're the ones who don't make the dua which is supposed to be made when you leave the house. What is the dua? Allahumma inni a'udhu bika an adilla au udal an azilla au uzal au adlima au udlima au ajhala au yujhala alayhi. The dua is, oh Allah, I ask you for protection in case I act ignorantly and foolishly or someone acts ignorantly and foolishly to me. He said, if you make this dua, if someone comes to you on a hype, either you're going to be able to say, okay, allow it, I'm walking away. Or he's not even going to come to you on a hype. But we come out of the house every day on a hype. We forget to make this dua. It's a dua to make. Yes? Also make dua bismillah tawakkaltu ala Allah ila hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Inshallah subhanak alawun bihamdik shadu wa la ilaha ila anta astaghfiru wa tukwi laik. If you'd like to get more information about when the next event is going to be, the location, time, place, date, click the link below and join the Telegram group that will take you to a group where we have all the information about all of our live events. Wanted to give those of you who are not able to make it an opportunity to participate in the khair. And that is that inshallah ta'ala if you'd like to contribute towards the expenses of these events, 
we don't charge anyone to attend, but we do have a lot of expenses, food, whatnot, the giveaways that attract the people to come in and whatever have you. As you can see, it brings in the youth, the youngsters, the ones who, you know, we really need to reach out to them and get them in the masjid. Who knows, someone may come to the masjid, completely change their life. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the primary reason for that. But then Allah Azza might have made you a means for that person or those people to change. So donate as generously as you can at the link below. And inshallah ta'ala, please come and attend. So hopefully we see you there, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, peace.